everyone. Welcome to another exciting 3D episode of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, and joined as always by a man who prefers his vodka martinis shaken and stirred, John Boat of Karchaler. Hey man, what's going on? Hey, not much. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? No. <laughs> You're not a Bond fan. What's wrong with you, Boat? Never Come seen on, a man. Bond film. Oh. Actually, I saw that one with Halle Berry. That Ooh. was probably the best one, right? Now you're if just you getting, only see one... You're getting nasty. You're getting nasty. No. Although Halle Berry, eh, not too bad. Not bad looking. So, in case you missed it last week, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. And the wheel hilariously picked the Virtual Boy for us this week. And so we grabbed a couple games for the Virtual Boy, and we're going to talk about them today. So before we get into that, let's talk about the Virtual Boy uh, as a console. Now, Boat, have you ever owned or operated a Virtual Boy. Yes, uh, our friends, the Lily family, um, had a Virtual Boy when it was first released. And I, I played it briefly, but I was always put off by the sort of um, posture you had to put yourself in where you have to lean forward into the system to get to play it. I'm all about comfort, you know? If I can lay back in a recliner and play, I'm happy. I see. Well, it, it does make you feel like you should be laying like a sniper. Right, In a weird yes, way, you know, like, it, like with the thing. Uh, I played one. I didn't know where I played it. It was a long time ago. It was near when it came out. Probably and, some opium den in Lexington. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually where, they, that's where you play your big 3D <laughs> games. Uh, but, uh, uh, and in fact, that one of the few games I played for, it's a game that I picked this week to look at. Uh, but uh, I was um, I was disappointed at the time. I guess a lot of people were. Uh, I think the big disappointment was the fact that it was just a monochrome display. I thought that was a real... It was kind of a bummer at the time. You know, it's funny, I look back now, and uh, the Virtual Boy seems more appealing, than, a lot more appealing now than it did then, just for the fact that it was such a, uh, it was such a wacky leap from Nintendo's comfort zone mm -hmm. into something that, you know, it's, it, it was a forerunner of what Nintendo would be about later on, taking chances, weird control schemes with the Wii, and, and doing odd stuff. And uh, uh, so, it, I guess in some ways, it's a it's a pivotal system in the way they think about things. But uh, it was not a commercial success. No. So not let's at just all. let's just chat about it for a minute. So, uh, of course, uh, this thing was released uh, way back, and it had a part. It, it only shipped. Now get this boat. Well, when did it release? Way back is not very. Uh, it, it it originally way back in. Hold on. It, it, in Japan, it was released in '95. No, it wasn't ninety-four. No, I, I've got it right here. Oh, okay. in Japan, how did where'd you get ninety-four? I was reading that off up? your notes. You silly dog! <laughs> it was released in July twenty-first, nineteen ninety-five, and on August fourteenth in the U.S. So, so it, there wasn't. It, this is not Nintendo has moved past its previous console releases, where the the console would release almost a year before in Japan than in the United States. Well, and what, we're down so, to a what did months. you get for that? What you get is less games in the United States. That's right. What you get a weaker launch. So I wonder later. why they did that. I don't know. I think you know as, as time moves on, you'll see that happen. You know, there's less and less of a window between the Japanese release and an American release. Right. So this thing flopped in Japan, and, they, and uh, estimates said that they sold about fifty thousand of these in Japan, which mm -hmm. is a, a god awful number. And it didn't do any better in the U.S. And it was never released in Europe. Oh, so think about that, it. I, didn't, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. It's wacky. So in uh, in '95, this released at $179.95 in today's money. That's right around 300 bucks. Price of a switch. If you think about it, um, that's not 
uh, insane price. I mean, to me, I mean that's a real wacky piece of tech. You know, I think the given given the limitations of the system, uh, it in fact, you know, it's it's a it's in essence a portable system. I think that people were not prepared to shell out that much dough for what essentially, you know, a lot of the games look like Game Boy games. They do, they do. Uh, I now, um, having looked over, uh, like, uh, the to- pretty much most of the games, there were 14 games released in the U.S., and I looked over a good chunk of them before we started the show, and uh, they they look interesting. It's not like the thing... They took monochrome grips and they did something nice with them. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think we're going to... Dis- Dispute the fact that it had some processing power. And it looked it looked like it did a good job, but I think that the the, the uh, like you said the the way you play it combined with the monochrome it was the kiss of death. I right. think, would you agree that that's pretty much yes. what sealed the deal? Well, and plus the the incredibly weak lineup of games. It's hard to believe there's a system out there for Nintendo that only had 14 games. Yeah, that is an abysmal failure. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, if you if you think about it, the NES launched with about 14 games in the states. But it um, launched with four. Yeah, but and I mean, this thing was on the market for less than a year in the United States. Right. So, um, you know, it, the the initial sales were just so weak that they decided that it just wasn't worth it to push onward. You know, just for informational purposes, the CPU in this thing was a thirty-two bit RISC processor. Really? Yeah. It seems very powerful. And it had a, it had a, a meg of DRAM and five hundred twelve k of SRAM. Now I, I want to stop you there because I don't understand what those terms mean. DRAM is just a type of memory. Mm. Um, and so it did four colors, but I think those were intensity sh- shades yeah, of red. Sure. <clears throat> um, again, that's pretty powerful, and you can tell when you're watching this. That there's, it's not just uh, putting up. It isn't like an LED game or a, or a game and watch. I mean, these are some pretty. There's a lot going on. The music is. Uh, it's got a lot of the music was good. And I, I think that it might be similar to the virtual reality systems of today. Is that you needed that powerful processor because you were essentially projecting two images. You know, two separate images for two different eyes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, to since we don't have a virtual boy, I wish we did. And, and it's I'm thinking about it. So I'll talk to Bo before the show. Um, one thing you can do is people have put up the videos they've shot from the Virtual Boy on YouTube for that will let you look at them through your uh, VR goggles. Which That's is what super I, cool. Which was what I did to kind of get my get the feel of the game because this is kind of the uh, Virtual Boy just playing the games. Actually, it's, I was surprised how well the games that I tried on it played without the virtual aspect. I mean, you could play these games. And some of them are, are seem pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, without but with the VR, I mean that's sort of the gimmick. So when you lose that, you uh, I, I'm sure you lose a little bit of what made the games more interesting. Right. Um, one thing about this system that I noticed from looking at the games, uh, I know you're not an SCTV fan, but they used to do this thing on there where they would have to show these various 3D movies. Is that that Rick Moranis nonsense? Yes. And so, uh, but it was called it'd be Doctor Tongue's 3D House of Something, Stewardesses. 3D House of Beef, whatever. Mm-hmm. And one thing he would always do, he'd be like, would you like a cocktail? And this this system is a lot like that. 
It just does some stuff just for the sake of yeah. 3D. Right. It's like they they took a game like you know we need some we need to strap some 3D stuff on. Well, this. it's like, it's like every 3D movie. You know, all those B B uh, sci-fi movies from the 60s. You know, they 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 all or Muppets in 4D or Captain EO. You know, I went and saw a 3D. Remember when the new 3D movies came around? Mm-hmm. Avatar era. No, well, I never saw that. But I saw this movie where this guy there was a killer going around. He was a killer coal miner because mm. we're in West Virginia. I had to go see it as, as a citizen. Sure. Required. And there's a bit in this where he throws like a spear or something, and I'd seen it in the in the in the commercial, right? So I knew it was coming. It was so realistic. <laughs> it scared the, it scared the hell out of me, man. I thought, you know, exactly. Right. Oh god! Yeah. I thought to myself, this new 3D, bam! This is changing movies. It reminds me of when when movies first came out. There's that that famous anecdote of the train coming towards the screen and people diving out of the way in the theater. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so. Will you get that effect on this? And then no. Although I will say it's if you look at Nintendo's other 3D system, right? Have you? Because I'm 3DS? guessing. Yes, I'm guessing you've played the 3DS. Oh yeah, I, I owned a 3DS for many years. Um, and it a good little system. It is. Uh, but the 3D is a this is a whole different aspect of 3D from that. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, it's coming right out at you sort right. of feeling. This, on well, yeah, a lot of it, this one is it's surrounding your vision. Your eyes are right, right. up. That, on the it, the so. 3ds is more of a depth. Yeah, uh, which is a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been impressed with the 3d on that. But this has its place, and I wonder if you couldn't take modern technology. Well, I guess this is sort of what they're doing. But I, I wonder if someone could take and do get a color version of this going, and if it would. I wonder if the, if if someone released a color version of this console. What kind of action it would get? How would you do that though? Because didn't you re- didn't it rely on having the multiple shades of red to produce the three D effect? Don't don't crowd me with the technical stuff. <laughs> okay, dude. well I'm, I'm just yes. saying if you could release a, 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 a this exact mm-hmm. setup, including all the horrible parts mm-hmm. of it, but it was in full color. How do we? How do? How would it I would still I would still be against it for the reason that you have to assume the sniper position, as you so well put it. If you can make it like a modern three, like the Gear VR, where you could put it on your face and you, yeah. get, you then I would be all in. That'd be sweet. Yeah, you know, and I'd so, love to see color. Yeah, like a pixel art 3D console. We've been talking. I've been talking to my brother quite a bit about VR here recently, and and uh, we were discussing it yesterday about the killer app for the VR system. Mm-hmm. We and you talked about it on on this too. Uh, I would like to see some games of this ilk simply just pour it over. Yeah. And, and would, colored them up. It would be neat. Stick them on there, give it a whirl. I don't think there's any reason why you couldn't do 3D on an Oculus. I mean, <clears throat> since the movies, like the movie you watched last night was in 3D. So Yeah, so so anyway, an interesting system. Uh, it's Was it a missed opportunity? Eh. Was it before its time? Probably, right? And uh, they needed to work on some of the, the more uh, annoying aspects of it, including the stance and whatnot. So... With all that in mind, we picked two games from this uh, wacky contraption. I'll go first with my game, uh, and I'm going to try to say this because it's it's an odd pronunciation. It's Teleroboxer. Yeah. Teleroboxer. Teleroboxer. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's a, the name right away. You lose Again, a star. You know, it's it's a portmanteau. Japanese love portmanteaus. Well, television robot boxer. I see. Tell robot boxer. Well, they uh, they could have come up with a different name in America then because it doesn't work too good over here. So, <clears throat> this was developed by uh, Nintendo, right? Uh, and so it's got some of your big time hitters on here. Uh, uh, Gumpe Yokoi is was producer, and I know he's a he's a big. I mean, he was sort of the guy that was behind this yeah. thing, right? So inventor of the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, 
So this game is a boxing simulator. You know what else he invented before I forget? You know in you know in the Goonies how there's the guy that has like the thing that it pops out of his chest. Yeah, that, yeah. He invented that thing, that thing with the with the with the box oh, glove yeah. and the hand that the accordion shape. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Gunpei Yokoi invented. Did, did he? Gunpei also was he the guy that was involved in the Game and Watch? Was yeah. that his baby yeah. as well? So I think he passed away shortly after this was released, mm-hmm. didn't he? He did. This was his baby, mm-hmm. you know, effectively. So. Um, so anyway, this game, again, a boxing game, it came out in Japan in 1995 and in North America in, in August of 95. It came out in July in Japan. Uh, it's a single-player fighting uh, boxing game. And so you basically are take the role of, of, a, of a robotic, well, you basically control a robotic boxer. Mm-hmm. It's um, like first-person Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> you know, I never thought of it that way, to be honest with you. You're, that's exactly what it is. Uh, you are tasked with fighting a series of other... It's just like a mech game in a lot of ways, it's too. It's almost like this other game that we played. It's something like Rise of the Robots. No, it's not. Oh, now, listen. Now you're getting nasty. So, so in, in, in Teller Boxer... You are you are boxing with your robot, and you it's a you you are the human controlling the robot, a la Futurama Ultimate Robot Boxing. If you ever saw that, or Ultimate Robot Fighting, um, you will fight a series of annoying jerks and their robots, who are also annoying jerks, uh, and you won't get too far if you're like me. Um, so, this thing was in development early. Uh, this is one of the uh, this was really supposed to be one of the big titles for the. Uh, for the uh, system uh, when it came out and uh, it was sort of the gimmick on it was uh, it takes place in the 22nd century of course because it's so futuristic humans have developed new types of uh, robot science it's the of course that's what, my favorite kind of science. what do you name it when you develop robot science of course you name it telerobotnics oh man it's a, this is a sega trademark this is like right a, a tongue twister nightmare here <laughs> Uh, and it enables you to flawlessly mimic the, the robots to flawlessly mimic the uh, oh, yeah. human. It's like every anime, mech anime ever. It's just like that. Yeah. You don't watch Futurama, do you? I've never seen that particular episode. Really? Well, there's, there's, an, episode, like Futurama, there's an episode where these uh, where they go in, Bender goes into robot boxing and, the, and it ends up the bad guy's controlled by this other guy. It's exactly like this. So, um, so anyways... Once they get this going, it's time to fight these things because that's what you do with robot science. You fight, you fight the, the uh, you fight the robots and, and and stick them in there. So you don't need much of a backstory for this. You're trying to win the championship and uh, fight the other boxers. So have you ever heard of this game boat? It's called Punch Out. I've heard of it. I actually was looking forward to this because I thought to myself, "Hey, punch out in VR. How can, you, how can you go wrong? It's red. Mm-hmm. It's all going to come. It's all going to come together here." So, the problem is that this game is really hard. All right, let's just get this out of the way right away. Uh, I would say I'm a pretty good hand at punch out, and my hand out coordination, eh, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the difference in this game is the controls. Uh, how to explain what the, the Virtual Boy controller looks like? It's sort of like... It's got two pads on it. It's got two D-pads. Yeah, we should, two we, D-pads. We, we should have mentioned that when we were talking about the system. It's uh, It's got to be the first system ever to have two D-pads right. on it. <clears throat> and so, in this game, it's pretty interesting the way you use it. Because you what, basically each of the D-pads sort of affects what the hand it's using. Mm-hmm. It's. It, I mean, it, it actually translates fairly well um, you know, for this particular game. Because it is almost like having, you know, two D-pads, two hands, you're mimicking right, the same Right, right, right. And it, it's not bad. 
Uh, of course, I did not have one of these to play with the right. game, so I'm not going to deduct points for that. But it's it was a, a, a trickier pro- prospect to play it with the analogs, dual analog mm-hmm. sticks. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite the same. The control, you know, while we're talking about the control, what did you think about the Virtual Boy control when you first grabbed it? I mean, it's a, it's an odd. It's kind of long and it's been it's been so long. Yeah, I really I it's, can't remember. It's it's kind of long. It's got it's and it's got the two pads. It's mm-hmm. got it's and it's got an A and B sort of button. And it's got some upper buttons on it I, it was okay i thought it was pretty good most of what it, of course you can't see yourself playing when you're playing that's something weird too it's yeah I, you can't look down and you know so uh if, if you drop the controller you're screwed for example uh so anyway you know one one other thing before oh yeah. you go on the so the virtual boy this is a, this is actually probably the number one reason why it flopped the machine was set up to give you a headache there in every in every game there is a screen in the option screen to turn automatic pause on. And Nintendo says in their instruction book, listen, you need to pause and take a break every 15 minutes while you play this thing or else it's going to give you a headache. So, boy, that really makes me want to run out and spend 300 bucks on this thing. This thing I can only play it 15 minutes at a time. Did, did, when you played it, did you begin to get a headache? Again, I can't remember. It's been so long. I, I played this thing for probably... It seems like I played it for about twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember having any trouble. Well, you were right at the threshold. Right, a more that, minutes. That, you might, been in agony. Been. I will say, having played the, uh, my brother's VR setup, uh, I played that thing. I was in there for about an hour. Oh yeah, and but that's different technology. No, but know? I'm saying it, when you get out of it, it does. Even modern tech yeah. or design that uh, you feel still, a little woozy when you it, it's, re-enter it's the sort of real draining world. in a yeah, weird way. It is. And I don't know if it's because you're lugging that gear around or? i think it's a combination of that <clears throat> plus your eyes are totally open and focused and stuff is is hitting them everywhere you know it seems like it's harder for your eyes to relax in you know, vr but do you recall if you had any trouble wearing the vr uh, the virtual boy with the glasses on i don't think so i think yeah. that they, had, they was did a pretty good enough, job yeah. yeah i don't remember any trouble it was. Mm-hmm. so uh <clears throat> so what's a boxing game without a bunch of crazy boxers so uh your robot is you're you have the least cool robot name of anybody <laughs> in this game uh, the, your guy's name is Harry. Oh my gosh, that's terrible! <laughs> did you, did you know I that? didn't know that. <laughs> He's got a big old body, spikes in his head, and according to, according to, to the docs. He weighs four thousand three hundred kilograms and he's three point eight five meters tall. Oh my gosh! I don't, so know, I, I, don't I can't translate from metrics. So it's, it's like eleven feet tall. Okay, there you go. So some of the people you're after here, you've got a guy named Johnny Basil. And he's he's a this is the human that controls a robot. He's and, and listen, I love the one thing about the Japanese games you always get the crazy backstory, right? You can't just have a bu- series of mean looking guys. Johnny, for example, ex captain of a baseball team. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's robot robot baseball. So like the blood type. Yeah, I know that's right. different that's, in it's, Japan, it's, but it's it, a big you know, thing in Asia. Uh, and then Johnny's robot's called a uh, Pagiro. Right. So wait a minute. Johnny was the captain of a baseball team. He's a human, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Pagiro is his robot. Now <clears throat> he's the first guy you fight, and he. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like a boxing match. The bell sort of rings. You come out, and oh, first it comes out. And it shows you a bunch of boxes, and you see Johnny, and he's going like, bleh, 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 <laughs> you know, making faces. Then, he, then it shows his boxer. His boxer's expressions cracked me up. They were. D- t- <laughs> he just looks so dope. How do you make a robot like that dope? He'd be like, ooh, ooh. And he, but, but, you know, so when you see the robot, it's a 3D perspective. You don't see your robot, you see his fist. And then you see the, you know, the bad guy robot. And so 
Uh, it's just like Punch-Out in a lot of ways. Yeah, this is more similar to the arcade Punch-Out than the, the console release. Uh, yes, releases. you don't see, yeah, right. And you don't even see them. In the, in the arcade, you had that wire mesh mm -hmm. that made you go up. Mm -hmm. In this, you've got nothing. You just right. see your fist. So you fight Johnny's robot, Pagero, And these robots all have sort of a gimmick. All right, And so Pagero, and this is, man, what an annoying gimmick. And I, I, I could beat Pagero after I tr played this thing a bunch of times, but he was even right, too hard around the gate. So Pagero does a, uh, the sumo open palm stripes, uh, uh, you know, a la Akabono or mm. even Jushin Lager, if you know that sort of thing. One of my favorites. Where he, where he gets in front of you and he holds his hands up and goes, <laughs> like this, and, and basically you don't see those kind of you. moves enough anymore. Those, really, by the way, that's an effective strikes. move. You can actually, you can actually a jack power, a guy yeah. up, you yeah. know. Uh, but uh, and the problem, and of course, much like punch it, you've got to know how to avoid these attacks, and you've got to dodge and or or block. If you if you get your hands up to block, uh, you can you can thwart this move, and then of course it leaves uh, Pagara looking like an idiot. Oh, and then you start beating beat right. the tar out of very him, much you know. like punch out. <clears throat> it's exactly like punch out. Um, so the next guy you've got is uh, Cherry. Cherry Free Nail. I like the fact that they give him uh, also give him last names. Yeah, well, too. it's a long lineage of robots. From uh, the Cherry Nail is a uh, is, is a fashion model. Really? Yeah. And then of course, why not just uh, go into boxing? And then her robot is is Prin. All right. And then you've got. I'm just going to go through a couple of these because the names are funny. Then you've got one of my personal favorites, Big Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Big, Rick. Big Rick's lifelong goal is to find his twin brother who went missing. So, <clears throat> what better way to find him than fighting with a robot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Now, uh, now it would be great if it turns out at the end that you're 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 Big Rick's long lost brother. There you go. Now, a Big Rick's robot's the second robot you fight. Spokong. Spokong. Right, like Spokane, well, like that city. Spokong is is annoying. I'm, I'm, and I will say this is as far into this game as I could actually physically get. Spokong has this. He's a big kind of a thick armored tubby guy who can basically sink his head down into his gut. Mm. And so, I have that power too. Ah man, I I got four heads down here right now. So. <laughs> So Spokong, you, you'll be fighting all of a sudden. He's like, Mark? and you're like, so your headshots don't do anything. It, God, he's so tough, man. He, he beat the tar out of me, and I, I tried to fight this guy over and over and over. I couldn't get past him. This is the, and this is sort of the uh, trademark of this game, and the trademark being in the true, uh, in our true sister show, Amigos fashion. This game is Amiga hard. Mm -hmm. it, it gets to a point where it's just really tough, and the reviews reflected that. Uh, just to go on to a few of the other robots, you got a guy, Kevin Pasco. He was an actor, but what you know what that means, boxing. And he's got a guy who called a kangaroo, who's a kangaroo-shaped robot, which is actually, these robots are pretty cool looking. And then lastly, <clears throat> and this robot is called Legendary Champ. So guess what he is? He's a Legendary Champ. That's right. A cat-shaped secret fighter. Mm. Now I, I watched a, a, a fellow play uh, this and beat him, and it was pre he's pretty amusing. At the end, he just turns into a cat and just walks off. So I guess <laughs> I guess a cat can try. When you beat these guys, you sort of see a a picture of what's going on with the the controller of the guy and various things will happen. But for the last guy, he just turns into a cat and just sort of walks off the screen. Now let me <laughs> ask you a question. Um, Speaking of boxers that have become actors, have you? Do you know you're a fan? Of, you're a boxing, uh, an old school boxing guy. Do you know of any boxers that actually went on to become actors later in life? Except for you know professional boxer Clubber Lang. Well, um, 
a lot of boxers were were in films. But let's just go with the obvious one. Uh, Mike Tyson has been in uh, the uh, those Vegas. That's true. Flicks. The Hangover. Yeah. Uh, Larry Holmes uh, has been. I mean, a lot of these guys have been on the TV. Cameos. All, all these guys have been in The Simpsons at some point. Larry Holmes and I think Marvin Hagler did some acting. Uh, I know there are some out there that are super obvious. I'm sure Sugar Ray did something. You know, so um, yeah, they, there's they. You're a world famous guy. And you're a sports hero. They. You know, my favorite one ever, I mean, this isn't acting, but do you remember an old show called uh, Battle of the Network Stars? Yes. They used to have it here where they have all the TV stars get together and they would have, a, and they would, uh, uh, they would have, they would do different it's like athletic field day events, for, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and they, they had something, it was sort of similar to that with athletes. <clears throat> and so the one thing I remember is, is Smoking Joe Frazier. Smoking Joe Frazier, by the way, what, uh, beat Muhammad Ali. Remember that? I mean, so, I mean, they traded the title back and forth. I mean, mm-hmm. bad, bad dude. He's the guy that George Foreman pummeled to win the belt to set up the rumble with with Ali, where Ali rope doped him, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, a bad man. Uh, and uh, Joe was a great boxer, but for whatever reason, they put him in the, in the swimming competition, and Joe couldn't swim. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so he left in the pool, and so the, everyone finished, and Joe was just out there flailing. <laughs> they had to go help him get out of the pool. That's I'll awful. That. I'll never forget that man. <laughs> so funny. So yeah, boxers. Unlike these people who have a, they're actors and they're supposed to. Joe Frazier's clearly not a swimmer. Um, so. Effectively, that's the game. You run through. I should mention the way you punch in this. You, uh, it's actually, in some ways, it's clever, right? So, like you said, each sort of each side of the pad controls that guy's hand, and if so, if you hold the trigger and you move up or down, he'll bl- he'll block with that hand. Mm-hmm. He block with both hands, and uh, it, it it provides. In, in some ways, it's a lot more flexible than punch out. Yeah, uh, uh, it's just not as. It's not as fun as Punch Out. Right. It's not. It's a shorter game than Punch Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's it, the uh, the thing that is really different about this game is there's a lot more lateral movement. Um, you're you're allowed freedom to move left and right uh, in, in this game, and in Punch Out, you're not. You're stuck where you are. Well, you can duck left and right in Punch you, Out. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can actually move in the yeah, ring around. And something else that's weird is the way you're got the way Harry throws punches is like, for example, a right cross or left cross. Your hand, like literally, like it goes off the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Meh. yeah. And the guy's yeah. like, oh crap. You know, uppercut. It's it, the timing is a little goofy. It you know? doesn't feel like Punch Out. Yeah, it's just a little. You could tell it was not made. I, I'm guessing the people that made Punch Out weren't involved mm-hmm. uh, in this. That much said, it, it's not a bad game, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I just wish I was better at it. You know, uh, the sound was cool. Uh, it sounded like a you know a boxing game should. Uh, I will say that the robots were full of character, very clever, very amusing. Their facial expressions are were real funny. I got to watch some of the video of the guys I didn't uh, get to fight when I had my goggles on, and they're all like that. They're very clever uh, guys, but I mean, it gets it gets really tough. Uh, the reviews on this thing were sort of mirror what I was saying. Uh, uh, it got video games magazine about four out of ten, saying it was there were no high spots. The 3D was ineffective. And, and that Super Punch-Out was way better. Again, you're also competing against these other better Nintendo games. That right. didn't help it either. GamePro gave it a, uh, uh, a uh, basically a fun factor, 4 out of 5. You know how they do their wacky the scoring. Factor. Everything in 3s and 4s. Uh, Nintendo Life, you'd think they'd be nice to it. 5 out of 10. GameSpot gave it 6.9. Look at this. I hate to interrupt you, but as we're watching the show right now, did you watch the end credits? Oh, yeah. The end credits. Well, you could, yeah, you could, yeah, you get to punch the, yeah. <laughs> 
I did watch that. And it was funny. <laughs> that might be the best part of the game. I mean, it makes me wonder why they didn't use actual people in the game as opposed to robots. That might have been better. And what they're doing is, in the credits, the, the pictures of the people that made the game code, and you, and you, and you punch them, and they actually react. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, I looked this up on eBay. I looked up uh, boxing, it's a Telero boxer, and it was 10 to 20 bucks loose. And in the box, I saw it going for as little as $25. I will say, this is reportedly one of the most common titles. Mm. So, it's a Telero boxer. It was better than I thought. It still wasn't, was it like buy a $300 system, spend 50 bucks, 60 bucks on the game? No, it wasn't no, that good. No. Both, what do you got for us this week? All right, week? this week, uh, I took a look at Wario Land. Now, we, we had a discussion about Wario and how to pronounce it. And that ain't you, it. And okay, so how do you pronounce W A R? War. Okay. Add I-O to but it. But names, names don't matter with that stuff. Uh, again, again. If it's your name, you can say it however you want. Well, how do you, Igor. How okay. do you know that that's how you say it? Everyone I've ever heard pronounce it was Wario. That's the way I mean. Maybe just, it's just me. And so you pronounce it Mario. That's the chat room right pr- now. You pronounce it Mario. Is then. it Wario or Wario? You guys that are in there. I, I want to get a re... I want to get... Hey, I'll bow down if I'm wrong. And on every N64 and GameCube game and Wii game, whenever you select Wario, he says, Wario. Wario? Yeah, but you just said Wario a second ago. Now, listen, I'm telling you. You're wrong. No. Um... So every time he does this to me, Wario, you've been waiting all week, haven't you? I've been I've been planning Good planning God. the attack. Would you just do that? Um, so Wario Land was released in December of 1995 for the Virtual Boy. So this this released in the this released in August. Did you say of 95 in the states? Yeah. So just a, a couple months. This was probably the big holiday release. Mm. I would I would guess. The um, only holiday release. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. Oh yeah. All the chat agrees with me. By the way, um, it was produced by Gunpei Yokoi, the designer of the system, and this is considered by most to be the the best game for the system. So, um, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see that this game is being displayed in black and white. I couldn't find a um, a playthrough of this in red to pull down off eBay or off. Uh, off YouTube, all the ones I could find in red were some of the some of the replays have the split, you know, and I think maybe that was that's one of the, the ones three, that yeah, the three yeah, D thing. And so, but anyway, that's why. Um, and on emulators, I guess we should note that you have the option of playing in red or you know a, a little bit more eye pleasing uh, grayscale. Got to go for red. Thing. Yeah, red. but if you I'll want make the, it hurt. Yeah, if you want the true Virtual Boy experience, you always go with red. I played it in red. Actually, mine was a little bit purple. I don't know what was up with that. But anyway. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Wario, okay? So um, this was something that, that I, I didn't know. Um, some people speculate that the prototype of Wario first appeared in the 1985 game Wrecking Crew, which is one of the original NES launch titles. Um, huh. There's a, a character called Spike, who is one of the construction foremen in that game. And, um, and some people think that he was the original character, you know, prototype of Wario. But Wario himself did not come out until 1992. Uh, the first appearance of Wario, you want to hazard a guess when that was? I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. This, is, this might be a game that, that, that passed you by. It was a Game Boy game. The second Super Mario Land game for the Game Boy. Six golden coins. Uh-huh. Wario was introduced as a villain. Who um, who was obsessed with getting getting money, you know, and so that your 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 job as Mario in this game is to get the the six golden coins back from Wario. Um, so uh, Wario is basically Mario's evil twin. 
Um, you know, he's he he slightly resembles Mario, but he looks more sinister. He's got a, a, a zigzag mustache. Um, his uh, his clothes, which you would never know by playing the Virtual Boy, are, are yellow and purple. Um, the name Wario is a portmanteau, here we go again, of Mario with the Japanese adjective warui, which means bad. So hence, a bad Mario. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Wario, you know, he had a couple of these platforming games, but he really gained prominence as a side character in all of Mario's uh athletic titles like Mario Kart or Mario Tennis and of course the ever popular Mario Party um, and uh, but he was featured in probably my favorite game for the Game Boy Advance um, WarioWare uh, and he, he launched he, well Wario didn't actually launch anything because he's not real but his character <laughs> launched you know this whole this whole genre of, uh, of micro games you know that you play just for a couple se- uh, seconds each so uh, I love WarioWare I think it's a, a great game I play whatever the Wii version is I've played yeah games. yeah yeah it's a lot of fun yeah, yeah. Um, and as, as time goes on Wario's character has changed he started out as just being a straight up villain but uh, he's sort of morphed as time has gone on more into just sort of a cantankerous man uh that's not necessarily evil but just sort of um you know angry that's my kind of guy yeah yeah um obsessed with money (laughs) right absolutely (laughs) so wario land virtual boy and you have to search for that because there's also wario land for the game boy um i think wario land super mario land 3 is the full title of the game boy version versus this is just wario land virtual boy this is a 2d platformer um, and it's it's uh, there's there's a total of 14 levels, and um, you basically go through the levels going from left to right. Uh, there are secret areas, uh, there are treasures to find. You're collecting money, uh, and um, the story behind the game is that Wario is vacationing in the Amazon rainforest. See what they did there? I did. Okay, so um, and um, he uh, he falls into this uh, he falls into this cave. Um, he, he, he sees this treasure behind a waterfall and the floor gives way and he falls in the very bottom of the cave and so he's got to work his way back up through the levels of the cave to get to the treasure. Um, so what makes this game unique? Um, Nintendo did its best to uh, throw out all of the gimmicks that they could with 3D in this. So yes, you've got um, you know these sort of um, spiked balls in the very very first section of the game that swing away from you and then come towards you, and the effect is very it's very 3D. Um, in this game, uh, you are you can play on multiple planes so you have the plane that's closest to you and you you look you look you know in your normal size and then you can hit this special square and jump back into the further away plane and you become much smaller and everything back there is smaller now this is not a very cool aspect of 3d because when you play this in not 3d it's exactly the same you know your your character just gets smaller you know what it reminded me of was the new donkey kong like the, for the for the uh, uh, Wii U and mm-hmm. stuff, they've got they do the same kind of thing where you jump into the into the background. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same oh. actually. So uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I wasn't surprised to see them pull that out on here. But I don't know. If the, I'm sure it's been done before. I think the first time I ever saw it was like in the uh, 
Fatal Fury series where you could flip back and forth between planes, you know, that sort yeah, of thing. But, yeah. but uh, this may pre it down. I'm not sure. But yeah, it, 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 I mean, it works. Yeah. It works fine. Now, the things, that are, the things that are great, some of my favorite things about this game are not the 3D effects at all. Uh, this game features some of the, the largest, most detailed sprites I've ever seen in a 2D system. Um, Wario looks great. He's huge. Uh, the backgrounds are very detailed. Uh, although, you know, they're all set underground, there's stuff going on, there are animated backgrounds, there's some parallax in there. So it looks really cool. Um, Wario's power-ups are hats. And so um, so whatever whatever kind of hat that you, you get, it's, it's it works the same way as a mushroom. Um, so uh, if you, you can get a, a Viking helmet, and that, that turns you into Bull Wario, there's a, there's a fire-breathing dragon helmet that you can get. Um, and when you get hit, basically you lose your helmet and you become small and you're bald and you look kind of funny. And so sounds sounds like a play style we've seen somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's also um, there's an eagle. If you get an eagle statue, you can become an eagle Wario. And um, and these the the thing that's neat about these is these are cumulative power ups. So you never have to be afraid like you do in so many shoot 'em ups where you get one power up that's awesome and then you accidentally shoot another thing and you get something worse. These are cumulative power ups, so you keep your powers while you and they, they sort of evolve. So that's neat. That's cool. Um, each stage requires a key that is required to be found to, to exit. And uh, there's also an um, another um, collectible, an artifact that you can get. And depending on if you collect all these artifacts or not, depends on the ending that you get in the game. Uh, one thing that makes this game cool that's different than so many of the games that we review on this show and on Amigos is that there are um, different endings. So there's four different endings. And really? Each, yeah, and each one has a different cinematic sequence and apparently there's one that's quite racy that involves Wario lounging on a carpet with a Playboy bunny. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw one of the endings and I'll have to admit it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of personality. You know, Wario he's a he's a very um he's he's got a lot of personality and that's I, I like I've always been a fan of he, Wario. I have to agree with you. I mean he's he's not boring. No. He, and he's also he's flawed. He's sort of a bully. Mm -hmm. And they, and since he's a big kind of tubby jerk, he can just do funny, amusing crap. Right. He's he, not like he, Mario. And yeah. if he gets smacked around, you sort of don't care. It's like, oh, he's a jerk. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Wario's main attack is not like you can you can jump on enemies, but his main attack is this this bull rush where he just lowers the shoulder. I love I love that. So I like that. It's so much easier to use too. You just crush guys. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, if you beat this game, there's actually a second quest. Um, once you once you once you beat the game with all the hidden treasures, um, then you can go back through the game. The levels are more difficult. There's more spikes. The enemies and bosses are also more aggressive. But it's kind of neat that they put one in here. That was the main complaint of this game is that it was too short. So I guess they realized that in development, and uh, and 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 put in that they, second. They quest. put in a, a, a quick cure. Right. The, yeah. Right. Um, I thought that the uh, the sound effects were good in this game. Um, you know, it's it's, it's fine. Um, this is uh, like I said, this this reviewed very well. Um, you know, like I said, the main complaint was the length. Every single review, though, they knew the writing was on the wall. They're like, listen, if you somehow ended up with one of these things, you better get this game because there's nothing else good going on on this system, which is a shame. Um, but you know, they were being honest. Um, I looked this up on eBay. Oh, before we before we get to eBay, you you have any thoughts on this game? This game is misplaced on this system uh, in a lot of ways. 
Uh, I mean, like you said, they pulled out. This is exactly what I was talking about with the with the glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like well, what, really the three D ish most three D parts are the boss fights, which are cool. Mm-hmm. And there's some like there's one where uh, uh, he has to go back and forth across a uh, like almost like Tron Deadly Discs. You know, mm-hmm. the bosses are cool. They're huge. You know, they're awesome looking guys. Uh, and uh, I thought that was neat, but I mean, and you could have put this on any system. Mm-hmm. This could have, and the thing is, I part of me thinks this at the time. You got to think this had a risk processor. They really could pile on all the cool special effects. They could pile on all the parallax. They could pile on anything they wanted to make it look cool, and they did. I mean, it really looks good. But I mean, this could have been on a Game Boy Advance or or a. Uh, Game Boy Color or any of those things. You could have even easily, this could have uh, been on a Nintendo, Super Nintendo. It could have, I mean, it was a perfectly fine game. It just doesn't fit the 3D aspect of the actual, of the actual Virtual Boy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That that said, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I played this and I was like, man, this, this really is a lot more fun than Tellero Boxer is. Uh, because it's just, they, they, you could tell these guys, I mean, what is it with Nintendo? They can always make games like this and make them great. And I don't know, like I said, I'm not a Nintendo file like yourself and know all the history of this stuff. But I knew when Wario came out, I'm like, I like this guy. Like I said, he's a tubby, evil-looking jerk Mario. They needed that. And he, that's why he's went on to so much success. He's just an interesting guy. You know, interesting character, and he and I thought this was a fun game. Is it the best game on the Virtual Boy? I don't know. I haven't played all of them, but I mean, it. This game was perfectly fine. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining, and I enjoyed it. Uh, so, I, uh, and I like the uh, the flourishes with the hats. I mean, the the uh, the uh, going back and forth into the scenery, and yeah, it's okay. I mean, like I said, they do the same thing. Like I think Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze and some of these other games. That was sort of something they picked mm-hmm. up, and so. I mean, it's not something I'd go crazy over. It's better implemented than those games, but those games are modern. This is an old game. Uh, but I, I dug it. I really dug it. I, I, like I said, I saw one of the endings. It was real funny. I, I didn't know they had multiple endings, so that's pretty cool. I, you know, I dug it. I really did. Cool, cool. Well, I looked this up on eBay. It is very reasonable. Um, you can pick it up loose for around 20 bucks, and a box copy, you can have them all day long for around 60 shipped. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, Virtual a, Boy is a pretty. Uh, just judging from these two games, it seems to be you know a uh, not too bad for collecting. I should mention I looked the Virtual Boy itself up on eBay, and uh, if you're interested in picking one of these up, uh, I, and I am unfortunately, I can see myself going down the road. So the Virtual Boy, you can get one, and this is in the U.S. Uh, you can get one for about 127 bucks uh, with no box. Uh, right. If you want one that's boxed, you're looking up into the you know up to the 170 range, uh, and uh, uh, that's not too bad if you consider. Now you're going to see plenty of these out there that are for sale that don't have the stand, for example, and you sort of kind of need the stand. But you, I mean, you could probably. Do I guess something. you could you could you could lay flat on your back on the sofa and let gravity do its work. Right, and, right. I mean, someone could come up with build the better mousetrap on this thing and come up with a way to because the stand. I never thought the stand was all that great anyway. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, you can get, for, without the stand, you can get these things uh, much cheaper, like 60, 70 bucks that, that, where they're not complete. Right. Uh, and, so, uh, you know, perhaps a, a market segment waiting to be filled is someone to use a 3D printer to create, you know, yeah. replacement stands. Could, I, I, I should have I actually priced the stands. I don't know what those would go mm -hmm. for. But the, they're, of, of all the things that are involved in a package that is the Virtual Boy, that's the most rickety thing. Now, I know also the, uh, the Virtual Boys tend to go out. And there are services that you can send your virtual boy out to, and they'll fix the lenses or fix the lights. I think the, the whatever uh, the backlighting, whatever it is, go tends to go out. And they mm -hmm. send flicker. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine playing a game when that happens? Oh my gosh. Like ah! Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it, man. Cool, cool. You ready? You know what time it is? It's time to spin that wheel and make the deal. So boat's gonna grab the wheel. But what have you added this week on this the wheel? This year we've added uh, another Nintendo console. We have the Game Boy Advance on the wheel. All One right. of my favorite systems ever. Okay. All right. You ready to do this? Go ahead, boat. Spin the wheel. Chat room, be ready. There are three chat choices on here. Looks like the BBC Micro. Okay. BBC. I had the top of the list here. Now this is uncharted territory. Yeah. I this mean, is this is uncharted. uncharted. Okay, so. Say so that is mine. Yours is tucked way down there. Here you go, boat. So I'll go ahead and announce first this week. I picked, again, no idea, the Anarchy Zone. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a nightmare. The Anarchy Zone. Hey, to say, right. hey, it worked great last time. Yeah. So, so I zone. actually looked at the games on the BBC Micro before choosing mine, and I chose Chris Folds, one of his favorite games. Chucky Egg. Chucky Egg. Now, that I've at least heard of. Well, that's that's why I chose it. Well, there so. you go. So All next right. week it'll be Anarchy Zone and Chucky Egg on the BBC Micro. Sounds good. Boat, well, we have a Patreon for this fine uh, program. Well, I think it's fine. Uh, <laughs> if you're interested in throwing us a buck or two, can you throw out the URL? Absolutely. Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, notice you're wearing a lovely... ARG Presents shirt in an earth brown tone. Yes. Where would one purchase said item? If you go over to tpublic.com slash stores slash Amiga Tees, or just go to tpublic.com and search Amiga Tees, all one word, you can find all kinds of apparel for both ARG Presents and our sister show, Amigos. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, so next week it'll be BBC Micro. We'll do yeah. it. All right. Until then, adios. adios. John making a new podcast.